Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to bring the series Access Denied to a close today, or at least try. And uh, hopefully you've been getting something out of these uh, messages every week that we've been talking about, how to deny access to the enemy getting into our life. And I I believe that's why we see such a a strong presence in this place, because when we get rid of the the, the garbage and the enemy gets out of our life, we're just more freer. Our hands just go up. We sing a little louder. We got more of a pep in our step. We got that real joy. Why? Because the chains are coming off. Come on, somebody. I believe that today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, today in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I want to talk about probably one of the most common areas that the enemy gets access into our lives and even as believers and ends up hindering us throughout our Christian walk would be what I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to talk about strongholds, strongholds today. Very familiar passage of scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Paul, the apostle, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is writing to us. Come on, he's writing to us. This is for you. And he's addressing believers. How many know that it's possible to be a believer but still have areas of stronghold in your own life? Amen. So this is what I want you to see the context here. He's talking to this church who got saved, who loves God, but they got got all kind of issues going on. So Paul gives them this instruction to believers. Verse 3, for though we walk... In the flesh, in other words, we live in a, in a fleshly, worldly environment. We do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons, we have weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. They are not fleshly. They are not M16s and swords. They're not carnal. But they're mighty in God. So they're mightier. God's spiritual weapons that he have, has given us are mightier than the weapons that we see in the carnal natural realm. And this is what they are for, for pulling down strongholds. Then he kind of gives a brief description of what he's talking about, of what a stronghold is, casting down arguments. Arguments means a philosophy or a mindset and scheme of this world. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought, everyone say thought, thought. That's that's the main focus of today. We're going to deal with the thought life today. Thought, bringing every thought into captivity. Make it obey to the obedience of Christ. And then he throws this in here, and we can't skip over this. Being ready to punish all disobedience when our obedience is fulfilled. In other words, we cannot believe some of the things God says. We cannot just obey some of the things God said. Paul said, when your obedience is fulfilled, when you are walking uprightly before the Lord and you're living an obedient lifestyle, you've shut the door to the enemy. Now you're ready to pick up those weapons and go to war. That's what he's saying. When our obedience is fulfilled. So, Father, we thank you for your word today. We pray that you just continue to have your way in this service And every mind, every heart set us free today. God, we want to walk in this liberty and this freedom that we feel in this room today and that you've promised us in your word today. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may grab a seat. Have a seat. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, worship team. Strongholds, let me get right into this today. Let me explain to you a little bit of what I'm talking about with strongholds. A stronghold, a stronghold in the word of God and in ancient times was a, a fortified city or area that people would flee to to uh, run away from the enemy and be safe. And, and that's what a, a stronghold was. It was off, sometimes it was in a cave uh, sometimes when we were in Israel, we went and saw these caves that David hid from Saul. They were strongholds and he was protected from his enemy. We also visited Masada. Masada was uh, built by King Herod and it was a stronghold uh, that he would flee to whenever his enemies came. The Jewish people ran from the Romans during uh, 70, the, the revolt of 70 AD and we got to visit. We had to take a cable cart all the way up to the top of it. It, it was because it was so secluded and it was a fortified city. That's what a, a stronghold was. And you run to that stronghold and you are safe. We're told in the word of God that, that the name of Jesus is a stronghold and the righteous can run into it and we are saved, right? That's what the Bible teaches that the name of Jesus is a stronghold. We, we've got to learn the power that's in the very name of Jesus. The very name of Jesus is a stronghold. But Paul is using this as a metaphor to describe the negative side of having a stronghold. And he's using this as an analogy to, uh, as an example of different mindsets that you and I have within our mind. It is a negative way of thinking, and it's an area in our mind that, watch this, that we, we can, we'll block off from, from allowing the word of God to get in deep into, into our soul and deep into those areas. We, we kind of we seclude that area. It's off limits to God. It's, it, it's off limits to what God wants to do, and we, not, we may not even recognize you have have those strongholds when you first uh, are, are, are growing and learning about God. And, and the word of God cannot get into that area of your life and allow you to grow. Let me give you the definition of what I, I, I based on this word that Paul is telling us what I believe it is. It's simply, it's a negative pattern of thinking that hinders spiritual growth. I love what, what uh, Wilkerson said. He said, a stronghold is an accusation planted firmly in your mind. It's an accusation against God that is planted firmly in your mind. When the enemy came to Adam and Eve, he said to Eve, did God really say you can't eat of every fruit? He just don't want you to eat of that fruit because if you eat of that fruit, you'll become like God. What's he doing? He's planting a thought into the mind of Eve that God is all loving. God is all supreme. He's able to do everything, but he's really not that at all. He's withholding from me. He's, he, he hasn't told me the all. It's an accusation against God that ends up taking root into her mind and she ends up talking her husband into disobeying God. He says it's an accusation planted firmly in your mind. They are lies and falsehoods, especially regarding the character of God. The Bible says that the throne of God is righteous and just. That's what he sits upon, righteousness and justice. 
And the enemy tries to corrode his throne and his foundation by making us think that he's not just and not righteous. And he does this through situations that may have happened to us when we were a kid or growing up or our prayers didn't get answered. We're going to go deep this morning because we're going to talk about strong because I want the word of God to reach deep in there today, deep up in there today and break those things down. And so we build, and during worship, God gave me this. I love when he speaks to me during worship. What an awesome worship this morning. I think we could have just kept running on worshiping. Anything, the Lord told me this, a stronghold is anything we believe more than the word of God. That means we read the teachings of Christ, and we read the parables of Christ, and you read about how he talks about, about loving your neighbor and loving your enemies. But then you have this issue with a situation that happened to you in your life. And you're like, I can't really love that person. He's, not, he's talking about loving everybody but that person. He's talking about forgiving everybody but that person. And, 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 or, or it could be any situation like that. And we stop the word of God from getting in there. And it ends up hindering our growth. Without addressing these mindsets, positive changes that we try to implement won't last. This is why it's so important to teach this today and, and explain this because I'm, I'm tired of seeing people coming into the church. I've been serving the Lord for 20 years now and I've watched people, my own friends came with me in the beginning to serve God. And I've seen this over and over again, folks coming into church and they may last six months. And why do they only last six months, eight months, sometimes a couple of years, they only last so long and they end up falling back onto the world. Why is that pastor Eddie? They're, they're hearing the word of God and some of them are even implementing some of these changes the problem is there's a stronghold there that hasn't allowed, we haven't allowed God into those areas of our life to bring true change. And so we can go to every conference, we can read books on, on, on Kindle and iHook and book and this book and that conference and go to this thing and go to that, all of these different things. But if we don't allow God to get deep into our heart and move some things out of the way, then God won't be able to move and bring change into our life. Strongholds. I could preach a series for 50 weeks, 52 weeks of the year, but it's not until we really allow God to get into these areas of our life. Strongholds is the source of negative or sinful behaviors. The secular term uses, we use habits or addictions. Addictions which can also steal your identity. These bad behaviors end up taking your identity, right? You, you, you no longer are known as so-and-so when, they, when someone may see you coming or you might have heard, you know, here comes, you know, Eddie. And, and after a while, they'll start saying, no, he's the liar. Or here she comes, she, she's a liar. Or, yeah, do you know so-and-so? Yeah, but he's, a, he's an alcoholic. Or, or, you know that person? Yeah, yeah, but all he ever talks about is money. He's a greedy person. He, he, he's, a, he's a money person. What happened? That behavior is still in their identity. That's why it's so important important to get a hold of it now but them are all just symptoms the bible teaches that the problem isn't in the sin the problem isn't in the behavior the problem is in the mindset the problem is deeper than that so we try to attack the symptoms and we try to attack these little things and if i just implement more disciplines if i just and you know do this or do that and it'll go away and we try to treat the addictions and but no we have these problems in our life because there's a there's a deeper problem there behind every stronghold is a lie of the enemy yes. that he has gotten root taken root into your mind 
that's caused doubt and fear and unbelief. You can read about Jesus saying, trust him with our finances and don't worry about your finances. God takes care of the lilies of the valley and the birds of the air. You know, that famous Sermon on the Mount teaching that Jesus taught. And he talked about if God can take care of all of these creatures, then don't you know that you are more precious to God and he can take care of you. Seek first the kingdom of God. But we have maybe in our mind this, this thing of this fear because we've been raised without some things in our life. And so that fear has taken root into our mind and we want to believe to trust God in the area of finances, but we really don't. Why? Because there's a stronghold there. You could do this with lust. You could do this with believing in in the gifts of the spirit. You could believe, uh, you can have all these different strongholds that end up stunting your growth and hindering you and I from growing. A couple of weeks ago when I was getting this message together, I was driving down Telegraph, my little green, and uh, God bless me, little green grew up. Now he's a, uh, now he's a Dodge Journey. Come on, somebody. God's good. Amen. Little green. Finally got a big boy car in us. Me and him was driving around in it yesterday. And, uh, but I'm driving around a little green, a little blessing that God gave me way back. And the thing just kept on going just because God is so awesome. Amen. And um, I'm driving down Telegraph and I, I make, uh, I was headed over to this area that I know very well, grew up downriver, but my mind just got off track and I made this left turn and I, and I went too soon and I ended up back into this. Um, subdivision that I haven't been in in years. And I'm like, wow, this, this place looks familiar. And I'm, I'm driving through there and then it dawned on me where that was. This was, this was the last time I was in this neighborhood is when I was uh, in high school. And it was a time in my life when I was getting really bad into drugs. And I began to just drive. How many know that even a detour, you may think you're taking a detour, but God is in control. And God can even be, when you think something's going wrong and you can think that God is not in this, that I am totally not in the will of God, don't be so quick to make that analysis. Can I tell you that God is in control of everything? And, and, and I'm sitting back there, and what God ended up doing is bringing back to my remembrance of how messed up I was. And I remember just sitting there, and I couldn't find the house, but I do remember the street. And the last time I was there, remember being just messed up out of my mind and filled with rebellion and just hated, just, just I had everything. I just had so many issues going on in my life. I tell you, some of you have known me as Pastor Eddie in this place. And you know me as Pastor Eddie, and you think, when, and you hear, when you tell those stories, I've heard people, you guys have told me, I can never picture you like that. Well, that's good. Thank you for that. But let me tell you something. Uh, I wasn't always a pastor. As I told our chief of police when he, hired me, when he got me to be the new chaplain, I said, hey, brother, I'm not o- always a pastor. But in seriousness, in fact, if you could bring the old Eddie Markham and stand him up here 20 years ago before I met the Lord, you would not recognize him. You would not recognize the way I talked and the way I thought and the way I carried myself. And certainly you would say he would never be a pastor. But here's the point. And I'm thinking about this driving in that neighborhood and I'm thinking, God, look how far you've brought me. And I had a moment that Jacob had. Can I preach to you for a moment? I had a moment in my mind where I reminded where Jacob was coming and he was running from his family, running from his brother. He was a manipulator all of his life. His name means deceiver. 
And he was running and he crossed over this brook and he's running for his life. 14, 20 years later, 20 years later, he's coming back to meet his brother. And now his family and his company has grown to three companies and he's having to divide them. And he's getting ready to meet Esau, who he tricked out of his birthright for the first time. That's not a very happy family reunion. How many get a little bit of anxiety when it's family reunion time? Keep your hands down. Amen. Some of your family might be here in Jesus' name. You know what I'm talking about. This is Jacob's family was tore up. Amen. Anyway. And so he's breaking his family up into three parts in case they took him out and killed him when they first met him. Serious family issues. And so what he did, the Bible says, but when he got to that little brook, when, when he made a wrong left turn, when he thought he was out of the will of God, when he thought God was a million miles away because everything wasn't answered just like that, he crossed over that brook and he goes, wait a minute, I recognize this brook. Read it in Genesis. He said, I recognize this brook. And he, he had his family go on. He said, I want to be left alone for a moment. And the Bible says he got down on his knees and he said, oh God, I remember. I remember this brook. The last time I crossed over it, I was running for my life and all I had was this staff. But now you have blessed me. Now you have multiplied me to where my family is in three different groups. Come on, somebody. And as I sat there, I said, God, why do some of us experience this? Why, how, did, how did you do it? That's what I asked God. I said, God, how did you do it? How did you break me out of, these, my, out, of, out of the sin and the addictions and the way I thought and the way I acted and the way just everything? God, you did such a miracle in my life. And the Lord began to show me, and he says, well, it wasn't just one miracle that I did in your life. It was a series of miracles that I did in your life and I'm still doing in your life. And that's what brought me to these scriptures in this subject today is talking about strongholds. And he began to show me that I began, I had to break these, if you will, glass ceilings. When you grow with God, God will begin to show you things and you just, you got to learn to break them. You don't get stuck. Someone say, don't get stuck. Don't get stuck in following Jesus. Sometimes you can get stuck when you read something in the word of God that may, may violate your conscience or, or idea of justice or it's, it's different than our Western 2018 mindset or, or you, you learn about tithing. That's a big one. Some folks get stuck on that. You, you, get stuck, you can get stuck on the baptism and the power of the Holy Spirit. You can get stuck. What happens? Because you read something and something is triggered in your mind that begins to cause you to doubt the character of God. It begins to get you to doubt that following through with this Christian thing may not end up what everyone says it is. And it ends up stopping you and there you stop. There you put it in park. Paul gives us that in Romans 7. Many people park their doctrine in Romans chapter 7. The things I hate to do, those things that I do, and they think this is an excuse to live in this mindset. But brother, let me tell you, if you're going to read Romans 7, read Romans 6, 7, and 8. Come on, somebody. Two of the most holiest chapters in the Word of God are sandwiched right around Romans 6, saying, God, you may have a stronghold in your life, but God hasn't left you in the middle of this thing. He has provided you weapons of your warfare for you to tear them down and and experience grace and experience a life of fruitfulness. I gotta save some of this. So, how did you do this, God? And God brought me to Ephesians. Let, let, me, let me take you through this, and then I'm, we're gonna start preaching. <laughs> That's the introduction. Amen. Okay. Ephesians, this is what God brought me down. I begin to think about this, and I want, I want you to get this. I want you to read my Bible. Read the Bible with me as if you're with me in the morning. 
drinking a cup of coffee. Coffee and Bible, that's anointed of God. <laughs> and, and, and so when, when, when I read the Bible, and like I told you the first of the year, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit telling you to read your Bible. Instead, I'm going to tell you to learn your Bible. Some people just rush through their devotions. They rush through the scripture. And I've caught myself doing that. Just to say, I've done it, Lord, and I go right on. No, 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 and you don't. No, no, like we just were in worship just a moment ago. I love that. And the reason why God really shows up because we're taking time to just stop and get into his presence. When we can do that, on a, when I encourage you to do that on a daily basis. So as I'm in my quietness, as quiet as I can when I got little Ella there at my house. Ella's a little dog and I'm giving away. And if anybody wants little Maltese. And this is what God reminded me in Ephesians. Ephesians, another awesome letter that he's writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 2. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. And I'm, I'm in the neighborhood over there thinking about this. I couldn't wait to get home to reread this because the Holy Spirit is saying, this is how I did this, Eddie. You were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. The King James calls him the prince of the air. He's talking about Satan. He says he is the, watch this, he is the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Did you, did you catch that? Did you read that? Take another sip. Mm, that's good. Read that again. He, he's the God of this world. Do you believe in the devil? He believes in you. If you believe in a God, you have to believe in an enemy. And let me tell you what he's, he's not a little dude running around in a pitchfork. Well, I think we've established that already a whole month long of talking about how he gets into our life. He is the evil, what is the devil? He is simply the evil influence in our world today. He is the source of the evil influence. The Bible calls him the prince of the air. And he, his what blows me away. He works in and through those who are disobedient. Well, that's not me, Pastor Ray. That was you. You just admitted you were on drugs. You were messed up. You were rebellion. But he's never worked. He, he's never worked in my life. Well, I'm glad you have that attitude because he writes in the next verse and says, all of us. Let's go home. No, no, no. Let's pull, let's pull up a chair and listen. Because we like to think that only those who are on this, you know, the, you know the, these people, ISIS over there, they're, they're cutting people's heads off and they're persecuting the church. That's the devil. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the devil. Yeah, yeah, but, but all of us, all of us that, that are hurt that self inner child yet, all of us also lived among them. And gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Everyone say thoughts. 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 Look at that. How, how do we allow the enemy to work through us? By simply following the, the cravings of the flesh and following the thoughts, those mindsets, those, those, those strongholds in our mind. That's how, he doesn't have to physically be in you. You, know, you don't have to be demon-possessed to be operating under the oppression and the working of the enemy. We think a demon-possessed person is that person running around or, or, or the devil is only in those that run around and foam at the mouth and throw chairs, you know, and, and rah, talking deep voices and, you know, or exorcist, you know, squeak, throws pea soup all over the place. You know, that's demon-possessed. I'm telling you, I'm telling you de the demon is more, is more subtle than that. 
So the Bible says Jesus at his last supper was eating and, the, and Satan entered Judas. Read your Bible. It entered Judas. He had thoughts in his mind already that Jesus really wasn't the Messiah because he didn't set the Jewish people free from Roman oppression. So that stronghold remained even though he was praying, even, even laying hands on people, even teaching the word of God, even watching Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. The whole time he had this preface in his mind that said this really may not be the guy. So Satan at that last supper is going, mm, who can I use to get to this Jesus? I got to stop him. Who can I use? Peter, he's rowdy, but man, he loves God. He's looking, he's looking. He goes, ah, here's Judas. Here's the guy that never really believed in this thing. Coming to church 930 and 1130. But really, he's not following Christ. He, he's got an area that I can get access because he was brought up thinking that God every, only is in to bless you. And so if there's a moment of suffering, if there's a moment of hard times that hits your life, you think automatically God must not be real. And that's my open door. Come on. Is anybody here today? And so the Bible says Satan entered Judas. Sitting at that table, Jesus' heads went right up and looked around and said, one of you are going to betray me sitting at this table. And Peter said, is it me? <laughs> Peter was always, he always had a little identity problem. You know, he always had a little, uh, was it me, Lord? I was just joking with the whole thing, man, about everything I was saying. I'm sorry. And Jesus said, the man who dips his bread into this water is the one I'm talking about. Now, if you were sitting at that table, I would be sitting on my hands. I would not, oh, no eating. I'm fasting today in Jesus' name. Wouldn't you? But read your Bible, the only dude that grabs bread and dips it in. Because when you got a stronghold in your life and you have an opinion that is greater than God, you won't even be hearing when God is sitting across the table preaching to you every morning, every Sunday, every Wednesday, every day. You just won't believe it. Why? Because you got your opinions on the throne. You got your ways up on the throne. And no matter what anybody says... So he's in his own little world with his little bread and he bumps hands with Jesus. And that's when the devil meets Jesus right there at the communion table. Jesus lock eyes with him and says, go do what you got to do and do it quickly. Why, why did we have that problem? He walked with Jesus. He taught with Jesus. He was there. He saw it. I just went to Israel and saw what he had done. He was there watching it while it happened. That's how powerful a stronghold can be. It's an area that you could be loving God, coming to church faithfully. And if these strongholds aren't dealt with, deserving of wrath, but then he gives us some good news. Go to the next one. Here's where the problem is. Here's where the problem is. Jesus, here's the good news. Okay, there's a good news in there. He made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions. Transgression is simply another way of saying sins. He says, uh, but I want you to, here's the problem. He said, I want you to put off concerning your former conduct and the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitfulness of lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. There's where, there's where he's at. So let me bring these together. 
And he says, he says, you were dead in your sins. You were dead in your trespasses, but now God has made you alive. He has made you alive, awakened to the things of God, awakened to these things called stronghold, awakened to loving God and, and all these wonderful things. You're now awakened to it. He used to kind of bore you. It used to even sit in church. I was raised in church and I'd fall asleep. I was not interested. Why? Because I was spiritually dead. But when God turned me alive, when I got turned up for Christ, come on somebody, November the 5th, 1997, the best way to describe it is I came alive. The prodigal son came home and what did his daddy say? My son who was dead. He wasn't dead, he was out there feeding the pigs. But when we are not in communion with God, we are spiritually dead. God said, Adam and Eve, you eat of that fruit in that day, you will die. They ate of the fruit, but they begin to live. Or did they? They died spiritually. And that is what he's talking about. But the wonderful news of the gospel is that he comes along and he makes us alive. But here's the point. From that day forward, he makes us alive in Christ. But from that day forward, you and I have to pull down the strongholds ourselves. But he says, hey, I haven't left you alone. I've given you weapons to do that. I've given you a power to do that. I've given you the weapons through the name of Jesus, through the blood of Jesus, and through the word of God that you can tear down every stronghold in your life. It can be pulled down in Jesus' name. It's a good place to shout right there. Come on. So my one and only point today is pulling down strongholds begin and ends with encountering God. Did you get that? Pulling down strongholds begin and end with encountering God. In other words, you don't even know you've got strongholds until you encounter God. Because everybody in your family, everybody in your neighborhood, everybody on TV, everybody you listen to, this is the way everybody does things in America in 2018. So it's okay to live like this. It's okay in my culture. And then maybe you're a part of a subculture because you belong to an, an agency or a work or, or something like that. When I was working for the bacon company, Beanbow Bacon Company was the largest fresh bacon company in the world. And they would always push that we, are, we have our own culture here of doing things. And I appreciate what they were doing. They were trying to, to create an environment of healthy uh, attitudes and all of that. But I, I'm here to tell you that when you encounter God, you discover the strongholds and the areas in your life that, were, that are never meant to be there. Yeah. You don't even know it's there until you encounter God. So Let me give you two examples and then we're going to pray. And God's going to set us free. I pray, Holy Spirit, even right now, you just work in this room. If you haven't already, put your finger on some areas because you want us free. God, you want us free. You want us free. I believe even the last moment when Jesus met Judas in the garden, he's standing there alone, praying all night long. And here comes Judas. And look what he said. He looked at Judas. He said, are you going to betray the son of man with a kiss? In other words, Judas, are you really going to let this stronghold take you out of the game? Didn't you see when I walked on water? Didn't you feel my presence when I said, when I said these words? Are you really going to quit following me? Do you really? I believe that was the last chance he was saying to, Jesus, to Judas, come on, man. Don't let the stronghold take you out. And let me say to you here today, if you're listening to this podcast or you're here in this church, maybe you've got some second thoughts about this church thing. 
Maybe you're wavering and you're doubting and you're allowing the enemy to get into areas of your life and cause you to doubt the very character and nature of God. I want to pull that down in Jesus' name and say to you right now that God came to give you life and life more abundantly. You won't find anything good outside of Jesus. This is the way. This is the life. This is the truth. This is the blessed life. This is real. This is for you. And it does work. Back to Jacob. Jacob's the first guy I want to show you. His name, all of his life, he was a manipulator his whole life. You talk about a stronghold. He had a stronghold in his mind of being left out. He, it was a lie that he wasn't as valuable as the firstborn because he was the secondborn. And it seemed like the firstborn was in line. So instead of uh, resting in, the, in his birth order and resting in the fact that God designed him just the way he was and he was wonderful just the way he was, he tried to be someone else that he wasn't and ended up manipulating everybody, including his older brother, to steal the blessing. And that stronghold grew and it ended up forcing him to run away from his life. And all of his life, he's like this but then he wants to be blessed and he wants to move forward with God. And in Genesis chapter 32, if you don't know the story, go back and read it. He has an encounter and I love it. It says, when Jacob was alone, everything, encounter with God begins when you are alone. And when he was alone, the Bible says he wrestled with God because who we are when we're alone is who we really are. And God said, I'm not even paying attention to you. You're in that conference and you're down there and you're doing that. Not that conferences are all bad because I've learned to be alone with God even in a crowded room. Have you learned that yet? I think you have because that's why the worship was so on point this morning. I heard y'all. The music stopped for a minute. Let me say, I heard our men worshiping. Frank, I heard you, brother. I heard our men. You know how hard it is to get men to worship? I talk to pastors all the time. Pastors all the time say if the worship is not a certain decimal, men won't worship. And so there is a strategic planning that pastors do in their churches to have the volume so loud because if the volume's too quiet, men just feel very awkward about worshiping. And we're so much trying to get men to worship God because the Bible calls out men and says, hey, men, lift up holy hands before me. There's something about a little kid looking at mama, watching mama worship. But let me tell you something as a little boy, there ain't nothing like a little boy looking up and seeing daddy lifting up those arms that's been working all week. That's raising them up to a God and say, God, I love you. So please worship. It's for all of us. Jacob was alone and he wrestled with God and he said, God, I want to be blessed. How many want to get blessed? He said, God, I want to be blessed. And he wrestled with this angel, which we believe is Jesus Christ in the flesh. They did not recognize Jesus because this is Old Testament, because he was a man, capital M, and he bowed down and worshiped him, and he accepted the worship. So angels don't accept worship. I'm giving you a whole teaching here about theophanies in the Bible. So we know that that was actually Christ had to have been, but he didn't recognize him. And he's wrestling with God. Can you imagine? And he says, God, I want to be blessed. Sometimes you got to wrestle to get blessed. That's for somebody here today. So, you, you know, we drive through. Everything is so fast. Everything in any of that little wheel starts, and we just, our blood pressure goes up, and anxiety starts. And so that ends up, if you're not careful, translating into your worship and into your Bible study. 
I don't feel the presence of God. Well, God may be doing this right now because he want to get you in the right position, in the right mindset, because what he's going to give you is better than a 30-second little film of a cat being eaten by a dog or whatever. Sorry, you cat people. Okay, man, the cat was eating the dog. I don't know. Some cats are crazy. Come on, let me get into this. He's alone with God, and he says, God... And I love it. The angel asks him two questions. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Why'd you come here today? Young people, why'd you come here today? Is it because mama drove you, daddy drove you, or that's just the thing to do? Like in my house, it's the law. If you're living in my house until you're 18, I don't care if you're an atheist, you're going to church. That's me, because I believe that God can't get to you if you ain't in the house of God under the teaching of the word. I mean, he, he can answer prayer, and I know people have different parenting methods, and I know others that have used different methods, and they do work. Whatever works for you. But for me in my house, this is how I've translated and understand what it means about raising kids as I get them into the church. So I remember going under my mom and dad's house, having to go to church, but not really wanting to be in church. But when you change and say, I want to be here. So he says, what do you want? He said, I want to be blessed. And then he asks him this, what is your name? In other words, what's your stronghold? Because he thought he was given his name, but he was really given his identity, which was really given his stronghold because he was no longer known as the son of Israel. He's known for being a deceiver. Why? Because the stronghold has taken over his life. And when they saw him coming, it was no longer, look, the son of Israel. It was no, look, he's a deceiver. So he says, what is your stronghold? When you encounter God, he encounters your strongholds. And he says, I'm a deceiver. And God said, thank you for admitting that. Now I can go to work. From this day forward, you're going to be known as Israel. But it's going to cost you a little bit. And he touched his hip. And his hip went out of socket. I've learned to trust people with a limp. Don't I got time to get into this today? Some people act like they just come floating in here like this and they ain't nothing. Brother, I'm looking for some folks that's been through some stuff that comes walking up into church and they ain't got everything all right. They've got a little bit of a limp going on, but you know what? They made it in the house of God. They're here today to say, hey, I may not have came from and I may not have started right, but I'm about to finish this thing right because I'm wrestling with God until God sets me free, until I get some blessings in my life. I ain't quitting until my whole house is up in here. Come on, stand with me, stand with me, stand with me, stand with me. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I had more, 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 but I, I, wa- I want to get into this prayer thing. Let me, let me just give you Gideon. Gideon's another guy in Judges chapter 6. And I love Gideon because Gideon shows us that sometimes, I love this, there's a book out by Peter Scazzaro, and I'm, I've been reading, it's called The Emotionally Healthy Leader. And it's actually a course that you can now take, EHS. It's a small group that I'm going to offer here at our church. For, but he has one for leaders. He has one just for Christians who is not in leadership. He has one for women. Look it up. It'll change your life. And what he, what he is known for is he talks about you have to sometimes go back to go forward. And he talks about going back and dealing with those past issues that may be in your bloodline. It may be even what mama and great grandma might have did that ended up coming down. And now you're dealing with these same, uh, these same issues and these same propensities. 
that you're like, where did this come from? And you end up having, I talked about lust last week, how, how lust can actually, the, the man that wrote the book, uh, Every Man's Battle, talked about how his grandfather battled pornography. Then his father battled pornography. And then he ended up battling. And this, he didn't battle gambling. He didn't battle with alcohol. Isn't this something how these things can happen? Gideon is an example of this. Let me close with this. And God says to Gideon, take your father's young bull, the second bull of seven years old, and tear down the altar of Baal that your father has. All of your life, Gideon, your father and your culture and your people have been known to be like this. They were worshipers of Baal. First thing I want you to do is tear it down. Tear down that stronghold. Mama's marriage may not have worked. Grandma's marriage may have been like this or grandpa's or your marriage is starting that way. But I'm telling you here today, don't allow the enemy to get in there and get a stronghold, a foothold in there that ends up becoming a stronghold. I want you right now in Jesus name, you can tear that thing down. God says, Gideon, build an altar right on top of it. Build me an altar on top of your family issues. You're no longer going to be known as the family and this person and that person. Jesus met a woman who had five failed marriages and he didn't give up on her. He said, I know you've got some strongholds, you've got some issues, but you know what? Your new life starts today. I'm glad I came to church. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we want these strongholds. To come down, to come down, to come down, to come down, to come down. I'm not going to pull any punches. If you need some strongholds pulled down, I want you to take a step out of your seat, and I want you to come up and line up in here in the front. I don't care if the whole church comes up here. I want to, this is the end. All month long, we've been talking about shutting the door, and you want you to come up, lift your hands to the Lord. Strongholds are coming down. Lift those hands to the Lord because you're giving him permission to come in. Strongholds are coming down. Fears, thought patterns are going to be broken. And this is how God said, Eddie, this is how you've made it. You've allowed me in those areas. You've allowed me to break through those barriers of doubt, of unbelief. And I want you to experience that right now in Jesus' name. So lift those hands to the Lord and just go ahead. What is your, what is your bail? What is your issue? What is your stronghold? What is your stronghold? Holy Spirit, I pray that you reveal right now these strongholds in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, these strongholds are going to be broken right now. We pull them down. We pull, I am not what my teacher said when I was in the fifth grade. I am not what my daddy said I was going to be. I am not what that mentor who I loved and, and thought was going to be my Elijah, and they turned and they hurt me. I'm not going to be bitter and have been in unforgiveness. That's coming down in the name of Jesus right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Jesus, 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 pull them down, pull them down, pull them down, pull them down. These weapons are your warfare. You learn to pull them down. You pull them down. Father, I pray right now, literally, you pinpoint every stronghold. Right now, I want you to think of that thing. I want you to go right to that stronghold. You may have several of them. You're going to pull them out. You stay here all day until they're all down. Right now, the one that maybe you think God doesn't love you, God doesn't care, you've been left out. I want you to address that right now. He loves you. You are the apple of his eye. You are beautifully and wonderfully and fearfully made. Bring it down in Jesus' name. Bring it down in Jesus' name. Bring it down in Jesus' name. 
In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. In Jesus' name. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people. 